Welcome back to the Citizens Defending Freedom show. Coming up, how Citizens Defending Freedom is warning of the dangers of 3 queuing and a quick glimpse into a family's cross-country journey. All of that and more is ahead on today's show. But first, before we get started, head to our website, citizensdefendingfreedom.com and hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on any of our content. Now, have you heard of 3 queuing? 3Qing is rooted in the idea that children do not need to be taught how to sound out written words because they can use other cues to figure out what the words say. It is not backed by science. House Bill 1605, also known as the Curriculum Bill, was just passed with a large bipartisan vote in the 88th Texas State Legislature. HB 1605 has banned 3Qing in the state of Texas. Here with us today is our Education Division Lead for CDF Harris County, Audra Deaver. Audra, would you explain to us what 3Qing is? 3Qing is rooted in the idea that children don't need to be taught how to um, sound out written words because they can use other cues to figure out what the words say. It's a poor reading strategy, bottom line. Um, it's a, a, a child coming upon a word in a book that stumbles on that word and instead of sounding out the word immediately as the, 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 the number one strategy, using phonics and short vowels and long vowels and sounding that out where they would understand what that word is, uh, they're taught to actually, when they stumble on a word, to look at the picture uh, in in the book that they're reading and then decipher like decipher what that word might be. So they're kind of guessing. Uh, does it sound right? Does it look right? Does it make sense? And so uh, that's where it kind of that's where we get off. And what happens is these the kids start inserting their own words in there, and the context of the sentence just gets completely, it goes awry. Now, can you give us a quick overview of what is happening with 3Qing? Well, 3Qing is, uh, I learned about it through the podcast called Soul to Story. Uh, it's a nationally known podcast. And after a friend of mine had me listen to it, and after listening to the first probably two episodes, my heart just sank because I knew that this is what happened to to my kids. I have three adult children now. Uh, I would say one of them was more affected than the other others because it, it was later in the game when it was uh, more prevalent across you know the U.S. and inside the school district that they're at now, or they were. Um, so I, I I kept listening. I kept listening to the podcast, and and then I started to get a little little upset because it, it goes into the history of how this happened. It just didn't happen overnight. Like this started, you know, 20 years ago. And so we've had plenty of time to correct the the course and uh, we're not, we're not doing that. And so Texas uh, just banned three queuing with a house bill 1605 just last May. And I, I knew that because I was familiar with that particular bill, it's House Bill 1605, and I was I was thrilled. I was like, "All right, Texas is on the they're on the the right path." Um, so it, it it shocked me when I learned that my particular school district, uh, Umbala ISD, decided, you know, we know 1605 bans three queuing, but we're going to use this avenue to to keep it in our schools. That that upset me. And I was not going to have it. (laughs) 
And I, I just, I went with the idea that maybe the school board members didn't know. Maybe they hadn't listened to the podcast, even though they're, they're in education. Uh, maybe they didn't know what this, this was wh- where it was going to take us. And I'd already heard from several teachers. They, the teachers know that this is not a great reading strategy. You mentioned this a little bit earlier, but how did this affect you personally? Well, you know, after listening to that podcast, like a lot of parents and, and in fact, teachers that, that give their testimonies on the, on the podcast, I, I started putting two, to, two and two together and I started remembering the way that my child was reading to me. You know, they were given these reader books, all of them were, um, and so they were give, given these reader books, and I remember that this particular child was just inserting words where they weren't, and her her spelling was just off, and I, I was, I remember being frustrated then, but thinking, okay, it's going to level out, like, it, I listened to kind of the strategy and how they just learn from reading these books over and over and over and over again. Um, but when she got older, I, I, I do remember going, what, what on earth? Like, why aren't you sounding out this word? Like, I don't understand. And so that's, you know, I regret not grabbing a hold of it then and just really getting her in tutoring and figuring out what the, you know, what the problem was. I didn't, I didn't put two and two together that it was the way that she was taught to read. And so, yes, I have some regret on that. Um, now I think she'll overcome it. And um, so I can only hope for the best, but it's it's just completely and totally unnecessary. We don't need to be doing this. Uh, the science of reading has proven that this particular three cueing strategy is not backed by science at all. Um, the, you know, the publishers that are behind this, Fountas and Pinnell, or all through our school district. I mean, it's saturated in our school district. So this is a big, this is a big ask for our school district to move, to move away from this. This is um, most concerning is the way that the kids are assessed, right? Like you could take out free queuing as a reading strategy, but what about balanced literacy, which is also part of this Fountas and Pinnell conglomerate that's in the schools? Balanced literacy teaches well it it assesses the kids on how they read with these strategies built in so that also has to be i mean it just has to be wiped out and so it's 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 about money um millions of dollars have been spent on fountains and Pinnell all over texas and so we just need to figure out a way to get this removed and to do what's best for the kids, because when when the child can't read or struggles with reading, it affects everything else. If a child can't read, they can't learn. They can't learn in reading. They can't learn in English. They can't they can't read the word problems in math. So it manifests in many many different ways. It manifests it in misbehavior. You know, if you're a fourth grade kid and you're you're sent to school every day and you know. This big thing is coming up where you have to read. You have to read in front of other people. Um, the level of anxiety that this can create in a little child that can't verbalize what's going on in his head, he just knows he just does not want to be in this class, you know? And so he's going to misbehave or he's going to create a chaotic environment so that he just doesn't have to deal with it. Now, I've seen, I've also seen that in my children. 
So I know that it can happen. And I just feel like we need to get back to the basics of reading that could solve so many other different problems in education, bullying, depression, anxiety, all the, you know, let's try to eliminate what we can and figure out how these other things might improve. We're not going to, it's not going to hurt the child. It's going to benefit the child if they can read. And that's the the single most important thing that we can give our, the children in education is a way out of poverty, and that's to make sure that they can read. Thank you, Audra, for sharing your story. Next, we had the pleasure of sitting down with Lacey Langston, author of Nomadic Faith Books. Here is a clip from our podcast. So why don't we go ahead and get started and tell us a little bit about Nomadic Faith. Okay, so Nomadic Faith is um, our family's book company that we've created in the past year. And we've had a couple of books published and kind of started um, about a year and a half ago. My family and I, um, I had already started homeschooling my children. I was a public school teacher before that. But at the time, I was homeschooling my kids. And um, some changes came to our family. And we decided that we were going to sell everything and move into an RV and go on the road. And as we were on the road, we were just kind of praying to God about um, what he wanted us from this new stage of life and how we wanted to grow in our faith. And so the term nomadic faith kind of originated from from that and the fact that we were just moving around now. Um, and then last year, my husband had mentioned, like he had mentioned a hundred other times uh, throughout our marriage that, hey, you should write a book. You should really do this. And, you know, every other time I had completely dismissed it. Like, what would I even write about? I have nothing to say <laughs> at all. But this time when he said it, for whatever reason, it hit differently. And I thought, yeah, I think that you're right about this. I think this is what God wants me to do at this point in time. Um, So the children book um, was my first thought. Like I said before that, I was a um, public school teacher for 10 years. We had also been foster parents for um, three or four years. And so at this new stage of life, some of those ways that I had previously uh, poured into the lives of children and influenced children, those were no longer part of my life anymore. And I still felt God calling me to do that, but I needed a new avenue in which to do that. So I prayed that God would help me and allow me to write a children's book and that that book would be of him and for him and would point to him. And so I still didn't know what I was going to write about. I had no title. I had no topic. I had no words at all. So I remember being in a church in Tennessee while we were on the road. And again, still in the middle of the service, my mind was just going a million ways about what would I even say. And I just decided to take a second and pray to God that, um, Lord, I want to do this. If you want me to do this, I want to do it, but I have nothing to offer you. Um, And just realizing that God was enough, that God was all I needed. I didn't need the words because he would provide it. And so right there in the church service, I started, I say penciling, but I was actually typing on my phone. (laughs) So I was typing in my phone what the first few lines would be. And it starts, I want to create to make something new. I'll brainstorm ideas ideas and research them too. And then he gave me the last few lines of the book, which are, so God, give me words and show my hands what to do. Whatever I make should point straight to you. And within a day, he had pretty much given me all the in-between <laughs> as well. It took some time to read over and improve and um, make necessary changes. But um, the whole story was basically my heart that I want to do something for God, but then just relying on him to actually make that a possibility. Mm-hmm. Why did you originally start homeschooling your children? 
Well, there's a lot of reasons why. I definitely did not ever think that that was a desire I had. I was very content in my job and I had a lot of confidence um, in my teacher friends. I could point to teachers in every grade at the schools I taught in that I would have loved to teach my children. Mm -hmm. But then I literally woke up one day with a desire to be home with them and for me to be the one pouring into them and teaching them. And um, some things were going around. It was the it was in 2021 that I made the decision. So we had already gone through some of the craziness of COVID and probably um, went along with more than what we should have gone along with and finally became discontent enough to do something about it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. What? How cool is it? Because you mentioned that you guys travel in an RV. What are some of the experiences that your family has had together through traveling across the country? We've had so many experiences. Um, I mean, we've seen really such a small part of the United States, so I can't speak on um, the most beautiful parts of the country. But for us, um, our heart is in mountains and hiking and waterfalls and experiencing the nature together. But uh, my favorite is homeschooling on the road because the things that we're um, studying about and seeing pictures of in books, we are actually physically physically going to see. Um, so my uh, oldest daughter's in third grade, and so she's studying like, each state at a time. And so we got to read about the Statue of Liberty and how it became about, and then we got to stand there with it. Um, we've seen the Alamo, and we learned about the state birds and what food so uh, last week we were in West Virginia, and so we had to go hunt down pepperoni rolls because West Virginia is <laughs> famous for their pepperoni rolls. So just letting my kids see and touch and experience um, all of God's creation and then also mm-hmm. what we're learning about in, in the books is my favorite part. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's hands-on learning. Absolutely. Like, you can learn about it. Like, I've experienced this now. Like, the history that I learned growing up, you know, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, I'll keep it in my back pocket. But now I'm like, I want to go to these places. I want to see them. I want to relearn the history that I didn't listen to once in the past. So I think it's completely different. Like, I think that's the beauty in homeschooling and being able to travel is you're learning it. But then you can also like put it into action and physically see what you're learning about. That's right. It's it's a completely different experience. Check out our full podcast together by heading to our website, citizensdefendingfreedom.com under our CDF show. Next, attorneys representing Citizens Defending Freedom sent Arlington Independent School District a demand letter over allegations they violated the Texas Open Meetings Act by failing to hear and discuss grievances filed by a local citizen. The citizen, Mr. David Jarvis, a retired lieutenant colonel and a longtime assistant United States attorney, filed multiple grievances with the board over the board's failure to provide public transparency on school policy and internal procedures on matters related to parental rights, pronoun usage, and issues surrounding gender identity. Mr. Jarvis's appeals were placed on the agenda for the board's regular meeting in June, but to the surprise of Mr. Jarvis and citizens in attendance, the meeting was closed to the public and citizens were ordered to exit the meeting, citing exemptions in the Texas government code while also claiming that Mr. Jarvis would complain about an employee or elected official. Despite Mr. Jarvis stating on the record to only discuss board policies, the meeting was closed and transparency was denied to the general public. 
Texas law ensures that most government meetings are open to the public at every stage of the deliberative process, thus allowing citizens to know what their elected officials are deciding upon and how those decisions are reached. Jonathan Houlihan, director of legal operations for Citizens Defending Freedom, expressed his concerns over the Arlington ISD's board's actions. Houlihan said, Mr. Jarvis requested an open grievance meeting and stated on the record individuals would not be named in a charge or complaint. If the board ignores our demand letter and fails to reschedule the level four consolidated grievance hearing, Mr. Jarvis and Citizens Defending Freedom will seek all available legal remedies and AISD will then become very familiar with when it is appropriate to close a public meeting. There has been no response from the district at the time of this recording. Before we go, we want to leave you with our inspirational Bible verse of the week. This week's verse is, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Psalms 56.3 As you can see, Citizens Defending Freedom is doing important work. Help us today in our fight to protect children and push back against radical ideologies. Please visit CitizensDefendingFreedom.com where you can learn more about our organization and generously contribute to our cause. Have a great day and make sure to like us on social media and tell your friends about the great things we're doing. God bless.